you're listening to Core Stories. I'm Emily Bruff, Communications Director at Otter Creek Church. During her last trip to Rwanda, Bethany Haley Williams of Exile International and a member here at Otter Creek was able to interview Joseph. Joseph is a key leader on the ground at Exile on the front lines of their work rescuing children who are survivors of war and helping them to become leaders for peace. If you don't know much about Exile, you'll want to listen to Bethany and Matthew's story on Core Stories episode 14, or you can go to exileinternational.org. Many of us can't imagine the terrible things these children have survived. And while it's so important for us adults to hear their stories, you may want to be mindful of small listeners. I'm constantly amazed at what seems to be impossible work being done through exile every day. And I know you will be too. And so thank you for listening. Bethany was speaking to Joseph through a translator. So the first voice that you will hear is Joseph and the second voice will be the translator. Hello, Otter Creek from Rwanda. This is Bethany Williams, and I'm with some of our leadership here um, from Congo. We were not able to actually go into Congo on this trip because of the Ebola outbreak, but we have our team who met us in Rwanda, and we wanted to share a little bit with you um, about their journey and uh, the things that they've learned from the kids that we've worked with, what it was like in the beginning Um, and really why we do the work that we do. And so uh, this is Joseph. Joseph, would you like to say hello? Hello. And if if it was um, in Swahili, how would you say hello in Swahili? Habarizi. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So we would say jambo Uh, and you would say? (laughs) Jambo habari. Uh Uh-huh. And then I would say mazuri sana. (laughs) Yeah, mazuri sana. Yeah, great. (laughs) So the first question is, what is your role? What do you do with, with the work in Goma, with the war-affected children that we work with? Uh, mimi nakuwa director wa Santre Ambayo. Ina... So I'm, um, I'm the coordinator of our center here in, Go- in Goma, a center that um, works with Exile International to help uh, war-affected children and former child soldiers. Great. Yeah. So so how did you get started working with rescue child soldiers and children orphaned by war? I know that there are many hurting people in Congo and a lot of different populations that you could be working with, but you chose to work with those two populations of children. And I'm wondering how you got started in that work. When I started um, working, my passion was to uh, help uh, the kids who were affected by the war, uh, some who were not only having uh, physical wounds, but they also had emotional and trauma wounds. And uh, by myself, when we began, I was just trying to do what I can. I could not be able to help are fully uh, with their traumas. So I was um, trying to encourage them and try to help as much as I can. But um, 
before we got involved, before uh, Exile got involved, we were really uh, not doing much to help, but we were doing all we could. And, and why these children? Why do they have a special place in your heart? Uh, these kids were my fellow Congolese. These kids uh, shared with them the problems that they had. And I, as a teacher that time, I wanted to see what I could do. And so I began saying that without, even without resources, much resources, maybe I can do something that can help one or two of these children because I saw the kids and I will see the future of Congo. I'll see the future of the church. I'll see the future of our community. And if something wasn't going to be done to help heal these kids, then that would be, uh, uh, would be a problem in the long run. So I wanted to be able to do something, at least something. So the, the first kids that you started to work with um, do you remember a few of their stories and why they needed help that you could share? Yes, I can. Ninaweza kuongea ni kitu ambayo nilinigusa sana. I can remember several stories, but one that comes in my mind right now is of this boy who was abducted by a rebel group um, in our area. He was taken to the forest. He was taught how to use a gun. He was taught how to kill. He was taught how to rape. He was taught how to steal. And uh, his life was ending. So when they went fighting, the, uh, the UN received them, abducted them. They got them, they received them. And they wanted to bring them back to life. But they had to take them to a transition center. And what the transition center did just to give them some clothes and some food, a little encouragement, and then they were to release them just like that. When I met this boy, I knew he needed much more than that. I knew he needed some place where he can be loved again, where he can be listened to, where he, somebody who can pray for him, somebody who can try to help heal the internal wounds in his heart. That's how I got myself into this without knowing how it will end. And then where is that boy now? So so the boy you're mentioning, um, is he at the center now? Is he in the program now? And how is he doing? Yes. That boy is still in our program, but he's no longer a young boy. He's now a leader. Yeah. He's now healed. He accepted Christ. He's serving. He's now leading one of our program, peace uh, programs. Now he's helping other kids. Amazing. So good. You know, I think about all of these kids how many how many are in the program in Congo now approximately so we want to thank God for the provision he's provided far much beyond uh, 
what we began with. We now have uh, 593 kids in our program who are well taken care of, who are receiving the help uh, that they need and who are becoming uh, peacemakers. Great, so 593 kids in the program in Congo and had they not received the care that they are receiving, where would they be? And what would they be doing? If, if nothing was done to help these kids, many villages will be ruined now. Because these kids were taught how to kill, how to steal, how to rape. Many of them will be dead by now by going back to the armed groups. Many more women would have been raped and more property would have been destroyed. Many more villages will be at war. But now, many of them have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Many of them are leaders of peace. Many of them are serving one another. They are now well respected back in their villages. And that's only because God provided through Exile International. So we're so thankful that God had to do this to rescue these children. And then what about the orphaned children? What do you think, um, what, where do you think they would be if they were not in the program? Um, if these kids what, did not receive help, many of them would be in the street. Mm. And when they grow in the street, they have no hope. When they grow in the street, now they're becoming adults. They'll be stealing. They'll be thugs. They'll be a problem to the town and to the villages. But now they have hope in Christ. They've seen the love of God. And they've seen God becoming their father. Mm. And now we are so thankful that uh, we're part of the story that God is writing in the lives of these kids. Mm -hmm. Joseph, there's a story of one of the orphaned children, I think, that either came to the gate at the Peace Live Center or someone dropped them and they didn't have a name. Do you remember this story? Yeah. Can you tell that story? Um, Nikweli. Uh, yes, there's this child uh, who was uh, dropped at our center in Goma. Uh, they didn't find, they didn't have any other place to put him, so they decided to just drop him at our gate. And now we didn't know how to trace him. He didn't have a name. He didn't have anything. We tried to help him. We tried to ask around so there'd be no one coming to claim that he knows about the kid. So we decided to take care of him. We gave him a name, Amani, which means peace, because we know that uh, Christ is our peace. Mm. So the boy, he's no longer that little boy that was dropped. He's a happy child. He's doing really well. He's going to school. 
and we believe that his future is so bright because of Christ. Amen. So Joseph, in the beginning, when we first met, um, I remember coming to the land where now is the center, but in the beginning, it was these two small shacks and some of the boys who would have been street boys were sleeping three, these three teenage boys to one twin bed. And um, they had on the wall kind of a list of, of jobs. So every one of them had a different job. They were just trying to take care of themselves. So it was on Tuesday, Innocent cooks the food. And then on Wednesday, Prince cleans something or fetches water. And so I think about in the beginning how the need was so great and there was just no way to help the number of children that needed help. And, and even, um, even at that time, there were so many kids being rescued from the, from the bush, from the rebels, and there were not enough beds for them, even in the transition center. So I know what it, what that was like for me feeling like there's such this great need and these kids um, are either becoming street children or potentially dying and there's not a great way to help them. But I wonder what was it like for you in the beginning working with those kids and seeing the need so great but not being able to help them? What was that like? Mm, nashukuru Mungu kwa sababu wakati nimepata vision uh, when um, when we began it was more out of a heart to help without knowing what the help would be like without even knowing that we'll be able to do anything. So they began with the first three boys the three boys actually they would go out, try to find some work to do, push um, chugudu, try to get um, some work. And they were trying to help one another. Even during that time, if you saw, there was no mattress, there was no nothing. It's like sleeping. You're calling it a bed, but it wasn't even a bed. That's so true. Sleeping, That's true. Oh, it's like sleeping in a little space on the floor, yeah. three boys together. Mm-hmm. So it, were, it was a hopeless situation. So when Bethany, when you came, it was like an answered prayer. It was God bringing you. We didn't even know what you would do. We just looked at you and we, we didn't even have high expectations, but we knew there was God. And we knew that God was of sovereign that was in charge. And so we thank God for what he's done, for the lives that have been transformed. Our center now is a big center of many kids who have several houses and beds and kids are showering, kids are eating breakfast and lunch and dinner. So we are so thankful for what God is doing. Kids' needs are not just physical needs, but they're getting spiritual help. They're getting emotional. Their traumas are being healed. And you can see what God is doing. We just want to praise the Lord for what he's done and for who he is. Yeah. 
You know, yesterday, I think we looked at a picture of the first 24 boys, maybe 24 boys and girls, I can't remember the number. Um, the very first time that I met them and we saw that picture and they looked so young. They look like babies yeah, now. Babies. But they went around that day when I met them and they all shared their stories and some of them were horrible, awful mm. stories. And I remember one of the, the kids, I don't remember if it was a boy or a girl, they had been taken three different times by three different rebel groups. And, um, and I was... Um, moved so much by their stories but before we left I asked them to share their dreams and they shared I want to be a driver or I want to be a pastor one day um, and so then we looked at those kids and we realized that this very year that many of them are graduating university and a couple of those come to mind. So Augustine was in that picture, and he is getting his degree in nursing. Nursing, yeah. And um, Celestine Tim. is in that picture, yeah. And he is getting his degree in development. In development, yeah. Okay. Um, who else was it? Innocent. Barack is okay. in that picture, and he is he is in university studying. He's studying, yeah. Uh -huh. Development, Development as well. Yeah. yeah. Agronomic. Uh-huh. MA. Yeah. Is in the picture. So it was just amazing looking at that picture and seeing many of them graduating university this year. Yeah. And then, Joseph, how many of our graduates are actually leading Village Peace Clubs right now? Um, as you can see, when uh, you just mentioned about the picture, when I when you showed me the picture, I felt really emotional to see what God can do and what He has done. And looking at the lives of these kids and how now they're men and leaders, and it's uh, such a huge contrast between the first time and now. Our peace clubs are now mostly led by our graduates if you go to Buhumba, uh, you go to bitonga you go to kichanga you go to kibati um, and um, all those peace clubs are led by our graduates and it's such a, a good thing to see so joseph we just want to say thank you for all that you have done i Ugh, I just think about the beginning and how hard it was. And it would have been so easy just to give up and to say, I cannot do this anymore. There's These kids need too much help. This is too difficult. Um, but you and Kristen did not give up and you believed in these kids and you said, we will be their father and we will be their mother. And so we just want to say thank you for your heart and for your hard work. You're most welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Sansa. Asante sana. Asante na we will be here. Mungu akubariki. Akubariki sana. So asante sana is thank you very much. And mungu akubariki is God bless you.
Core Stories is a ministry of the Otter Creek Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. To find more stories, go to ottercreek.org stories or follow us on Instagram at Otter Creek Church. 